Hey guys, welcome back to the Breaking Bread Podcast. Um, we're back with another episode of Chat Time of the Month, which is episode three. Um, but before we get into that, we'll roll the intro. Like I said, we're back for um, episode three of Chat Time of the Month. Um, my name is Brody, and I got my two handsome mates here. Freedom. And my name is Francis. And uh, we've come back with um, more topics for you to chat about. Um, but before we get into that, um, start off with our new new ritual, new routine of... Um, so we've got one chicken. Oh, we got our chickens and... You're gonna change it up this week with one highlight of the week. So, um, sis, chickens, how are you, my brother? Chicken, chicken, yeah, chick, chick. Actually, just quickly, I'm, I'm actually liking this feel of the just chilling with the microphone. In the yeah, head kind of, yeah, yeah, nice little change up. <laughs> Shout out to you're B-dog. welcome. <laughs> no, but chickens, chickens have been good. Um, to be honest with you, yeah, there has been some stuff that's been going on. Um, but ultimately and overall, um, uh, been feeling very good. Um, it, was, it was good to have um, these two who went and caught up with them again, like we always do during the week. Uh, have a little chat at, at Shisha. Shout out to Jans um, for for hosting and um, inviting us over. Any sponsors? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any sponsors by now? Surely. Shit. Oh, it's gone up. If, if if that's not a sign for sponsors, but nah, um, grateful for these two. Obviously, um, had a few things going on since the last episode that we had. Um, just personal stuff. But again, it's just um, refreshing, and it's um, it's it's cool to have people where you can just unload um, whatever it is going on, and, and and these two are those people. Um, yeah, just thankful and grateful that our family, uh, friends, um, and, and and everyone is healthy and well. And um, yeah, like I said, went for a little bit of a a, a patch, but again, it's only a little uh, bump in the road. So um, again, grateful for these two to be able to unload. Yeah, free chickens. How are you, brother? Yeah, I'm I'm good. Um definitely I've lost a little bit of weight since uh, <laughs> since the last the last uh, If you can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so feeling um physically I'm feeling a little bit better. Um joints are thanking me. Um you know, starting to smile internally when I look in the mirror. Um especially with summer coming up, you know. Uh um emotionally and mentally um Similar to Sis, actually had some stuff going on, um, and I was really grateful to, to talk about those things with you guys. Um, main thing, and in, in, in terms of transparency, maybe there's people watching or listening that are that are going through the same thing. I'm in a situation where, um, you know, starting to question whether I'm enjoying what I'm doing for work. Mm. Starting to question, um, you know, we all make our own plans, but what, what is God's plans for me? How can I be proactive um, whilst also not trying to do it on my own? So having these two um, and my brother Jordan the last couple of weeks to kind of um, dissect and, and dive into those things with has been a bit of a positive. Um, but yeah, just just if, if anybody is going through just a situation where, you know, they may be stuck in their job or starting to feel a little bit empty, um, I just definitely want to encourage you to not isolate yourself like I have done in the past and really lean into your loved ones if that's a safe space for you. Um, because... I think these guys felt it. I was starting to get a little bit distant for a week and a half or so, and then 
after like a 20, 30 minute conversation, I felt way better. And I felt like instead of feeling like it was a burden to tell them about it or to like put it on their shoulders, um, they didn't make me feel like, you know, I was I was bringing down the vibe. They were really supportive. And um, upon reflection, I, I'm really grateful that I have friends like that. So let's go. Yo. Nice. You? Um, yeah, now I've been good. Um, everything in life, especially over the last couple of weeks, has been going pretty good. Um, happy with work um, and the workspace. And then obviously with um, my physical health being here um, at the gym at Bosford. And then obviously we got our little running blocks that we do with a with a little community that we've um gathered around it's been been pretty good so um yeah had my been spending time with my kids which has obviously filled my cup up so um overall I'm I'm pretty happy and um yeah riding that um good wave at the moment so <laughs> hey. no it's good um we'll go carry on um a highlight of your week and one grateful yep me first yeah, you go first. Yeah, uh, also, also, just quickly, just before we carry on, um, like we have always said, like we're going to be transparent with what we, how we feel and, and what we go through. Like, you know, it's not going to be always, yeah, yeah, no, we're all good, all of this, yeah. this and yeah. that. Um, right. And that's a cool thing. Like we said, it's a safe space. And uh, again, like, Broads is on a high and uh, me and Freedom are, have gone through some stuff. But as you can see, we're all here smiling because we've got one another. So, you know, mm. like, um, life's always not going right. to be red, red roses and stuff. Eh? Um, but a highlight... Um, Broad's already just touched on it actually um, was the running blocks that we started yeah. um, for those of you that don't know we started running blocks um, well before we actually put it out there we were running with this guy because this guy was <laughs> he was getting ready to leave for, for seven so he started running blocks and um, myself and Broad's uh, I'd say we just tagged along and um, jumped in and then when the brother left um, to go down um, the line me and Broad's just said we'll just carry it on um, again was sick of looking at his face and he was probably sick of looking at mine so we came up with the idea of just posting it <laughs> we just said oh, why don't we just post it and, and and see what happens and man to be honest with you it's been not only a blessing it's been um something that's been like a it's heartwarming to see like people actually turn up right. it's not for the fact of us um putting it out there it's the fact that like you know people are actually wanting to be a part of something that um we were just going to keep between you know just us too, and, and when this guy came back. Um, so it's pretty cool to see that uh, there's a lot of people that have come. And, and the good thing about it is well, it's like from boys that actually play, girls that actually play, and like mums all the way down to like young kids that come and do it. Yeah. It's not just like um, like our teammates or our boys that are doing it. Everyone's doing it, which is mm. pretty cool. And um, I, I know a few people that have hit us up and said that they're looking forward to coming to um, this week's one. So... Again, if anyone's out there um, that wants to move or is training by themselves or just wants to stay active, eh? um, yeah. Tuesday, Thursday, we've we'll been running at um, Fowles Park on the top field. Um, we start at 5.45 or we meet up at 5.45 and we try. Everyone just has a little chit-chat in there and then uh, kick off around 6 and it's only for half an hour. So, mm. yeah, if you're free and, and, and you're wanting to do something, you're, you're more than welcome to come again, all ages all fitness levels and just all, all goals, whatever it is. So, yeah, that's been my highlight. And, again, I'm grateful. I said it last time we had it for family, but, uh, again, like um, what my family and that are uh, going through uh, at the moment um, is something that I'm so blessed to have, um, not for what's happening, but obviously for the support and love that we have for one another. So, yeah, I'm grateful for my family again um, and also used to. Um, again, like I said, just to, just to unload um, what – 
what I've been going through and, and, and like Freedom had touched on, like a 10, 15 minute conversation with these guys had made me feel a uh, hundred times better and made it feel like that I'm not alone uh, with what I'm going through. So yeah, that's me. So Nice, who's free? Highlight and grateful. Um, yeah, similar to Cess and what we touched on just before. Um, this Thursday, Thursday evening was my highlight. Um, I've been the last couple, uh, just for context, um, the brothers and I here, we, we catch up regularly every Thursday. Like, you know, if we have a busy week, we at least know we're going to see each other Thursdays, usually. Um, but the last couple of weeks, i um, just been kind of managing some things on my plate. And um, yeah, when I don't, um, I'm not doing well. Um, my trauma response or like how I usually respond to that is by isolating. So um, Thursday was the first time in a few weeks eh, that I've that I've been there, um, yep. and it was good. Good to uh, feel a sense of normality in the chaos. Um, that was definitely my highlight of the week. I just went home and slept better, woke up in a better mood, um, woke up better to move the next day with purpose at trainings, um, move with purpose at work. Um, in terms of a, of a grateful. Um, It'd be yeah, definitely be be these two. Just just yeah, my brothers, including my brother Jordan. Um, been spending a bit more time with him lately. So, um, just having um brotherhood. Brotherhood is something that I'm grateful for for this episode. Birds. Um, highlight. <coughs> Obviously, um, probably spending this weekend with um my kids and coming down and watching um Jam Butter Sevens. But of it, what pretty much what Seth said on the um on the running blocks that we've um, sort of been doing the last couple of weeks with um, people. Um, it's been pretty like, I don't know, it's sort of when you like, when, you, when you're running and then you look around and then you just see heaps of people, it's like, I don't know, it's like a proud moment, like like something you've started, oh, like that we've started mm-hmm. and then like just to see like, not... Like um, not just the boys, you know, like our group of boys. It's you know, you got young kids there yeah. who are, who are running around smiling, happy to be there. Um, you got yeah, like you said, mums. Um, you know, boys that are in professional um environments. Yeah, you know, like a couple of boys um that are in you know what warriors and 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 in the blues um environment. So it's good to see um you know it's. It's for everyone, yeah. Um, no matter what fitness level you are, or um, what age you are, or whatever. It's um, it's just cool to see people and see people enjoying it. And um, yeah, like Seth said, if you're if you're around, um, come down, jump in. Um, we cater to everyone. Um, and yeah, you go to some dark places sometimes. <laughs> I remember the first week, holy <laughs> shit! Is that we were just easing into it? Exactly right. <laughs> I was dying. But again, it's a you versus you mentality. Yeah, yeah hard. A, yeah, exactly what you just said. But um, yeah, that was probably the highlight. Um, grateful. Um, probably grateful for my uncle Joe. Um, probably um, someone who I oh we, in in our family we show um we don't show or oh, we we trouble to show love mm. I guess and then I guess that's the way of the old tough love sort yeah. of thing and. We struggled to show affection in that, but I'm definitely grateful for my uncle, um, what he's done for me over the last, oh, how many years, um, but not only for myself, but to all my family. Um, he's a role model in our family, and, and I definitely look up to him, and he's definitely be the, been a good father figure in my life, and what he does for me, um, 
through my work and and stuff like that. Um, yeah, he's definitely someone I'm grateful for. Good uh, man. Shout out to Uncle Joe. Yeah, yeah, shout Joe. out. Awesome Any days off? Paid <laughs> 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 <Hey>, paid days off. <laughs> but um, nah. Um, we'll get into it. Um, our three topics. So uh, we'll hand it over to our our, our, our both um free and he'll um explain what we're gonna talk about and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah, sweet. So our topics today are intergenerational trauma, mm. um, which includes, um, you know, maybe having conversations about how we think it can be broken, um, even raise, um, awareness around what it actually is. Mm. Um, the second one is stereotypes and stigmas. I'm sure um, most people have experiences in their own lives with, with this topic. And then the last topic is talking about money. Why is it so hard? Um, what are the, some of the things that we've experienced around that? So, yeah, we'll start off with intergenerational trauma. We'll, um, how we'll start it is, is what does that, those two words mean to you? What do you think it means? Um, and then we'll go into maybe how experiences that we've had with it. Yeah, sweet. All good. I'll, I'll um, get in there quick and early. Um, intergenerational, obviously, to me, intergenerational is something that's been happening throughout generations um, of, we'll put it, make it personal, like of, of family. Um, it can be intergenerational of anything, really. But um, yeah, with, for me, it's like intergenerational um, trauma that obviously family members have, uh, our family have gone through, whether it be great grandparents that's been passed down to grandparents, that's been passed down to your parents, that's going through your life and all of that stuff at the moment. So um, yeah, that's what intergenerational trauma means to me. <coughs> and um, what, what would we say, like breaking it or talk, discussing it? Like in depth, want to discuss it in depth? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, personally, um, what can I say for 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 me is and um, that's personal in regards to intergenerational cycle. I, I one one thing, I, and and I think it might lead to our last topic is um, intergenerational cycle for me is something that we've gone through as a as a family. Um, we ain't rich, um, and we have never been. Rich, but in saying that, we have never been um, like poor, dead poor. But like, like you know, we've like my my parents have always um, put food and and that on the table for me. Like that, like you know, we've never had to um, go through anything where there was no um, food or anything in the cupboards. Um, but for me personally, like going through um, that sort of thing is like what is it? It's like being passed down. Um, that my family have gone through. Um, one thing, again, like I said, we've never gone without, but that's something that's been passed down to my, me as 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 a as a father. Now that I want to change in my family, um, I want to obviously try upskill and um, teach my the next generation, which is my kids, um, that again, like being better with money. That's why I think it's gonna fold into the next one. Um, again, when my grandparents came to. Uh, New Zealand for a better life from Samoa. This is my my mum's parents and and my dad's parents as well. They, uh, my dad's mum's from up north and my dad's dad's from Tonga. So when our families came from the islands to, for for a better life, I think back then working was just just to get by. So everything that they done they done um, was like you know if they made food they made it in bulk so that it can go for longer. Um, and it wasn't for like just a day to day thing. It was it was. They worked and we lived, or they lived by their means of just getting by each and every day, uh, which was then passed down to my parents. And my parents were <coughs> um, parents who, like, I've, my, my parents split up when I was young. Um, so I was I came back with my mum and my dad was always in my life. 
Um, and my mum and dad were never the richest. But again, like I said, I never went without. Um, but my mum and dad done the best that they could providing for me um, from both circumstances that um, showed or that gave me the opportunity to obviously be in the position or be raised in the position that I was raised in in regards to going through uh, my childhood and, and, and becoming a parent myself. Mm. Um, and, and, and something that I want to change in my family and, 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 and break that cycle is being better with money. Um, again, it's hard to be better with money when you live in a country like New Zealand. <laughs> um, so for me personally, I just want to make sure that, um, you know, like I can do things for my kids. That if I was to ever leave the surf, um, that, you know, that they have, I wouldn't say a head start, but they got a better opportunity of becoming more successful uh, in their lives growing up. And hopefully I can change that for them to then change it for their kids and so on and so on. Um, so yeah, I'm, I will say that that for for me, yeah, money, um, and and just how we deal with money and how we treat money um, is something that has been passed down through mm. uh, my family. That something I want to change, um, and I'm still in the process. Obviously, um, I'm not the richest <laughs> person. Rich in levels. Rich in love. Yeah, love. exactly, exactly. But um, again, I'm grateful. Um, and thankful for everything that I have and any and 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 every experience that I've experienced in life. So, yeah. were you were you ever like taught from a young age, like when you started working, like save, make sure you save, work hard to, like stuff like that. I think I was taught that through school. Mm. Um, like you, you, your parents and that say it here and there, like yeah. you know, save that for another time or whatever. But I think um, that mentality of saving, saving, saving came from um, lessons through school. Um, so I don't think that was something that was ever taught to me through my parents, like save for a purpose. Um, it was just more something that you were just told at school to do or something that was just thrown around through like conversations with other people, like save for this and save for that. But it was never actually like something that we were forced to do, yeah. if that made sense. Yeah, yeah so that, that, was, that was something for me. I'll start off with what I, uh, when I, what I think of when I hear those words, intergenerational trauma. Um, the way that I think about it is families or people um, respond to traumas a, a specific way. And we all have different trauma responses and we all have different ways of dealing with things. And often we judge each other um, on the ways that we deal with, with things. But sometimes when the way we respond or, or the way we heal remains, I don't want to say unsolved, but that's the best word I have for it, unsolved yeah. or, or doesn't get looked at. Um, behaviors become normalized and they get passed down through the generations mm. um, you know uh, I want to be careful here some of these are sensitive and, and we want to explore transparency but like one is like the normality of, of abuse domestic yeah. abuse in certain families like um, from the outside looking in if that's something that has always been wrong or always you've never experienced it if you look into a family that has abuse that's so normal you would see that as crazy, but to them it might not seem as crazy. So mm. I think to me what intergenerational trauma means is is the way that families have subconsciously respond to situations and, and how normalized some trauma responses are. That's kind of the way I think yeah. about it. Um, now, do I think do, do I know if I'm right? I don't know. Not really. That's, that's what I think, and I could be wrong. Um, a personal experience of mine is um, related to the church. So I grew up a pastor's kid. Um, well, minister's son, and and what that means is, I guess the community looks to ministers 
for, for guidance, for hope, for direction. And often when you look to leaders, I think you place unrealistic expectations on them and their families. Yes. They must know everything. They must they must be super holy. They must do these things right. They must not struggle. They must never commit sin. Um, but the reality is, is like for me, growing up with those expectations on me, um, I used to feel like every question I got, every conversation I had was a test. And so, like, I I felt like I couldn't feel things. I, I felt like I couldn't um, ever just be a normal human. Like, the fact that, um, you know, every time I, if I have a beer, you know, I get looked at like, oh, you're a Christian though, right? Like, or the fact that, you know, if, if, I, if I kiss someone or, you know, if I talk about different things that I shouldn't be talking about it because of the occupation of my parents or because of what my beliefs are, um, I think that's, that's intergenerational trauma where the way that I've, I deal with those things now, if I don't raise awareness or continue to, to um, choose growth and, and continue to um, understand why I do the things the way that I do them, um, I think that's how it perpetuates or keeps going forward to my children. And so church, church for me is a big one because um, I've often fell into the, instead of making it about a relationship with God, I've made it about rules. I have to do this so that the church's, church embraces me. I have to do this so that I feel like I'm going to heaven. And I just, I think that that's a trauma response that I've had um, where it's just so draining. It's draining to wake up and feel like I have to say the right thing or do the right thing at any given moment and that I can't struggle with things. Um, and I'm glad that we're talking about this because this is something that I've only really um, become aware of in the last couple of years. And I, I haven't heard it talked about a lot, especially in New Zealand or with my friends. And so what a privilege for me to talk about this with you guys. Um, this was, yeah, I had a little bit of a bias putting that in the topics. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad that I can talk about this because I'm, I'm searching for answers. Yeah, I, I honestly don't ever reckon, just before you go on, I don't honestly ever reckon anyone would ever talk about it. Mm. Um, again, because like we like we were saying, there's not many people out there who, um, like I've heard it so many times when you when someone's the pastors or the minister's kids, like we expect, not 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 me personally, but everyone expects like what you just said, like th- they're perfect children and they got to do this, they got to do that, um, and then you know it's just a what is it? It's like a thing that they have over their head. Just yeah, I don't know why. Like why 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 is it something that's we. Why is it something that we put out there? And, and might I say, I failed miserably at that. <laughs> I became rebellious. That was my trauma response. <laughs> I became rebellious and like I had to carry that sh- like that sense of shame actually. Yeah. Um. All throughout my teenage years, I felt like I had to do doubly good to earn back yeah. the favor. So, um, I, I don't know around the church. I just think it's because of the perception and, and stereotypes and stigmas, which we're going to talk about yes. in the next topic. I think it's that. Um, it's the perception of what it what 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 it looks like versus what it actually is. Mm. Um, yeah, that's. I don't think I have anything else to add. Yeah. You also? Um, <laughs> I think he's pretty much touched on <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely touched on the um, <laughs> detail bit of it. Um, to, there's my bit. They said it all for me. Um, <laughs> personal, personally, I think um, I think me and Seth talked about it. Be- oh, well, he talked about it before. Um, was having that. Um, what is this again? Um, intergenerational um, trauma of like. Um, my real dad not being around mm. and um, me having to go through that sort of trauma and then me ha- go- having kids and not wanting my own kids to go through that same trauma that I went through. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I've said it in a few podcasts. I, I grew up 
not having my my old man around. Um, I was raised by uh, my stepfather, um, and as a kid growing up, like it was like, bro, it was hard. Eh? Like you don't realize how how hard it was until you get a bit older and and you become a dad. Mm. But like sometimes growing up, like used to like. I used to question myself whether I was like, you know, worthy enough of like why didn't my dad love me or why can't, you know, um my dad come spend time with me. Um, you know, I grew up around all my family, like all my family, all my cousins and that all had their dads, um, all my friends and that all had their dads and it sort of felt like, you know, I was the only one who I guess didn't have a dad. Um and I used to question yeah, like I said, I used to question myself all the time, like why, why, why isn't he here? Why isn't he at this rugby game? Why isn't he at my twenty-first? Why isn't he at my eighteenth or sixteenth birthday? And um, when I found out I was having kids, up, bro, it was like, um, fuck, I went on like a big ass bender for like seven days, but like <laughs> it was, I was fresh twenty-one, didn't know what to do, and it was. For me, it was easy for me to go, do I take the path of being like my dad and not being there because I'm so young or do I, do I man up and, you know, be that person that wasn't there for me? Um, and I remember my cousin, um, um, Shana, shout out to Shana. Um, she, um, I told her I was having kids and she goes, um, she messaged me and she said, at least you know how to be a father. Oh, can't remember the exact words, but it was, um, at least you know how to be a father because you you know what it's like to not have a father. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that hit because I was like, damn shit. Like she go, and then she just said like, we be present, and like I've I've hold, held that like since my kids were born. Like show up, be there. Because um, I knew what it was like not to to have a um, dad. To so for me, it was breaking that cycle of um, being fatherless, I guess. Mm. And the situation like <coughs> that, me and my my kids' mum are in. Mm. Um, it's I think it's really important for me to you know show my kids you know that I love them and and that I'm here and present. So. Um, yeah, that's sort of my um, personal experience for um, good man. The generational intergenerational trauma, breaking down barriers, <laughs> fucking demolishing them, <laughs> kicking the door, and fucking kicking the doors, and kick my old man's head. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> have you have Have you ever had a relationship with your old man? Yeah, when I was younger. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, yeah, I did. Um, but it was, bro, like, I, I would only see him, like, once a year. Twice a year, maybe. Living in another country? or Yeah, so he was living in Aussie. Mm. And then um, he moved. He's he's in the Cook Islands at the moment, in Aitutaki. Mm. But, like, um, it's it's real hard because I, f- I feel mostly sorry for, because um, he's got kids, like my younger siblings. Yeah. Um, I remember last year, uh, my stepmom and like they keep in contact with my stepmom always messages and and my siblings, but like I, I I feel for them because they 
sort of look up to me and stuff like that, but I don't have that relationship with them because I have this um, thing against my old man. Yeah. You know, so they miss out on, I guess, having a big brother and stuff like that. But I seen my sister last year. She came back for Auckland because she was in hospital. And, like, yeah, she was just like, like, I love you, I miss you, like, you know, you're our big brother, stuff like that. But How did that make you feel? Oh... Like, for me, I felt like, I don't know, like, um, it made me sort of hate my old man even more. Yeah. Sort of way. Um, yeah, it made me hate him even more just because I feel like he's in the middle. Mm. And what's stopping me from going there is, like, him. This, because we don't have a relationship and... I don't know, I've just built up, like, so many things, I guess, like, from events and things that have happened in my life where I'll probably never talk to him again. That was going to be my next question. Like, would you ever seek in a, a, a relationship with your, nah. with, your, with your old man again? Nah. Nah, uh, like, as much as people talk about forgiveness and, like, stuff like that, like, I never could. Yeah. Uh, I have a dad... Um, which is um, my old man. You um, used to meet him, and he's the man. That's my old man, and um, now I've got a lot of father figures in my life. But yeah, if they, I, I, I don't have time mm. for. Um, well, yes, my old, uh, my bio- biological father. Um, for me, it's like time is time is so precious, and if you can't give me the time when you know when you needed it, when I needed it then why should I give you the time, like, mm-hmm. now? And, like, there's been events in my life where you've expected, now I've expected, like, my kids being born, mm. you know? My dad, my my dad up north was there, um, you know, playing for the Warriors and stuff like that. Um, my 21st birthday, you know, my 18th birthday, all that sort of stuff, yeah. For me, I, I I have my dad, um, and he's always been there. So, yeah, if I'd ever see him, like talk to him or anything, nah. I'm gonna pry a bit. Yeah, I'm gonna pry, try, do it. Um, yeah, and bro, it's scary for me because I'm the kind of guy like um, I I pride myself on reading. Oh well, emotional intelligence, reading the room, and everything in me is like, ah, don't ask that. But um, I I feel let's 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 push the boat out, as they say, um. My question is, well, maybe a couple of follow-ups, but um, my question is, you answered my first one, which was like, you know, would you ever forgive him? Um, and I, I can't say that I physically understand, but I actually hear um, the practicality and the, and the, I hear, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I actually, I see that, and I um, also just quickly want to pause actually, um, and just honour yours Yo. because um, this we're talking about intergenerational trauma. But what you're actually talking about is breaking it, which is the next mm. step. And as your friend, um, I just want to honor you. And I actually get emotional about this because... Um, I'm trying not to get emotional. Nah, yeah, but we, we got to, bro. <laughs> we got, we got to. I know, I know. Yeah, this is real family to me. Um, I'm emotional because, you know, we all go through our own things, but I just am, I'm, I wholeheartedly believe that the answer, the answer to... Maybe not everything, but the answer to a lot of our issues is actually just 
um, coming together, yep. despite our differences. And my also here, um, I don't actually know if he's really had the. Op- I don't. I don't know if life's actually presented him the opportunity to just take a moment, pause, and just go, man, I've actually been through a lot of things, and I've had to just, uh, you know, life's maybe dealt me some some interesting cards and I haven't known how to play my hand at some times, but um, I just want to honor you because um, first of all, you're an amazing guy and, and, and Francis and I, I think I can speak on behalf of us. We invest in you because of how much you bless our lives. But bro, I just think of your kids. Um, you're trying not to perpetuate some of the things that you're, you're, you've felt as a kid and things that you've gone through. And I think that's special. I think that's more commendable than, you know, any accolade that you could ever achieve with sport or, or mahi in my eyes. Mm. Um, because you get to now, you now have the opportunity to um, to raise kids who, who, who know their identity. Mm. And, and, and honestly, that's what I believe is, is the heart of kids who don't know their father is that they don't, they don't know who they are because, mm. you know, there's no sense of belonging. Yeah. And so I'm happy for your kids and I just want to honor you. Um, and I love you, bro. You know, and um, when I think about Brody, um, I think, man, I'm proud of that guy because he's a good dad. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks, more, bro. Love you, brother. Um, sorry, the question, the question. So, you, you answered my question around you don't see yourself forgiving him. But what I want to ask is, like, when when anyone mentions your dad, when you think of your dad, like, is there anything in you that feels like a sense of rage or a sense of like? If that guy or or a sense where like for example if you knew he was at a family event would that completely change your willingness to want to go to that event or be around that event? Mm. Yeah, I think so. Do do you desire? Um, do you desire to ever not feel that? Like, would you like to be able to live a life where you don't feel that anymore? Or do you think it fuel it fuels something in you? Do you think it motivates you? Do you think like do you no. do you see a do you do you value it? For me, it's like uh, maybe like over time I probably could, mm. but for me, it's like how I feel about this this situation is. I've got my people, like the people that love me and then that have that have been there for me, yeah, like my whole life, and. Like I've got them here. He's over there. Like mm. I couldn't let him come into the circle that's already built me and made me who I am today. Mm. Like sort of thing. Like all my family and that. Like they've made me who I am. Mm. Like he was never there. You know. Like um, fuck. It's all good. Yeah, this is beautiful, bro. <laughs> Might not feel beautiful, <laughs> but this is beautiful. So I got my family who, you know, made me who I am. And for someone like that's supposed to be play a big part of my life, mm. um, and was never there, it's like it hurts. Yeah, it mm. hurts. But if I didn't need you then, I don't need you now. Sort yeah. of thing. Mm. That's how I see it, and that's like. That's my hurt. Is if you weren't there for me in in my back then. yeah back then and in my hard times where I needed you, mm. then be there now. Like you know. Yeah, I get you. Um, just quickly, would 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 the effect of you forgiving your dad because you wanted a relationship with your brothers and sisters over there, 
or your siblings over there, like, would that ever play a factor in you forgiving your dad? Just so you can have, because like you said, when you met, your, or when your sister was here for, uh, in Auckland before, um, and I asked you how you felt, like, you know, um, they missed that, like, she said that she yeah, j- she loved you, yeah. you know what I mean? But the only thing that's stopping them and you having a, like, a full-on relationship type of thing is, obviously, your, your old man. Yeah. Um, would Would... Would the love that they have and the love that you have for them ever outweigh the fact of um, getting, like, forgiving your father so that you can have that relationship? Or would that, because of the relationship you have with your father, um, constantly be a, a, a burden to your relationship with your siblings? Yeah, I think it'll always be a burden. Like, that's just being, did it straight on us. Yep. Like, my love for them will always be strong. Like, you know how it is with siblings, like. Whenever they need me, I'll be there. Well, if you're ever in trouble, I'll be there. But because mm. they're so young too, like I think my older sister's about like sixteen, I think. Yeah. My little brother's about like twelve or something like that, and then I've got another one. Um, I think like my love for them will always be a hundred, but or never that love will never be able to make me forgive, mm. you know him, mm-hmm. in a way. Um, yeah. Ah, that's cool. Holy I, just, fuck. I just got Shit. one more. I just got one more, and it's not really a question. Also, it's actually uh, more of an encouragement, and just more of this is my opinion, and you can take with it what you will. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, no matter what, still got you. Um, but I think that the thing that springs to mind for me is like, um, what I hear and what I see is that, um, you associate forgiveness with just like letting your old man back in your life to the same degree that your current, the people who have been there for you um, get those privileges that they get a, a around you being a part of their lives. But what I want to encourage is, this is not a, a very tangible thing to talk about. So often when we talk about things like these, people want outcomes. People want to be able to say, oh, well, how will I know? You know, how will I know when the fruits of this will show? But I, what I want to encourage you also, maybe just journey with you on and have you reflect on is I think there's a way to forgive people mm-hmm. um, and actually have really good boundaries Oops. and what I mean by that is um, the the most forgiveness is in my opinion a gift because it gives you this and I can only say this because I've had to <coughs> in no way shape or form am I trying to say that I know what you're going through because I don't but um, how forgiveness has enhanced my life is and it's ironic that my name's Freedom, but it's it's allowed me to actually become free from any chains that I have to people. Yeah. Something that I like, you guys have really encouraged me on that you don't actually know mm. is I used to not want to go to training or an aftermatch if I just didn't want to be around certain people. Yeah. And once I accept, I've learned that around forgiveness, specifically if someone's done me wrong. <coughs> excuse me. Once I accept the situation and not maybe not forgive them but more acceptance i found that they no longer have any say or any control of the way that i live my life Hard. and so so what i want to encourage you on also is actually instead of seeing it as nah forgiving my old man means that i let him win and, and i condone his behavior mm. what i'm actually saying is forgiving your old man allows your life to be enhanced because you can then 
Right. Weights off your shoulders. Oh, you know that if you're there at your old man's uh, an event, it's not about being the bigger man, but it, you mm. can say to yourself, Father, I forgive you to the point where I just know that y- you can't have any control over my moods, any control mm. o- over the way I'm going to father. Yep. <coughs> I need some water. Um, any control over, thank you, any control over how I love my siblings. And I just want to encourage you on that also. Yeah. Um, because I hear you and I see you and I... I want I want the best for you, bro. Straight, mm. genuinely. But that's not that's not a question. That's just that's throwing it out in the air. What well, well, you're throwing Excuse it out me. in the air, and and I'll just right off the back of that is like, um, like you can forgive, like what Freedom was saying, like forgiving someone doesn't mean you have to hang out with them or fully let them into your life type of thing. Again, for me, um, how I see forgiveness, like forgiveness is a way, like again, to cut those chains because, like you said, if he was at something that you wanted to go to. But you knew he was there. Yeah, he now has control over you because he's there, and you yeah. got emotions against him. Um, so for me, like like you said, it's not like at this time and point in your life, you probably don't want to forgive him. Mm. Mm. But again, later down the track, like you said, it, it might come to a point where where, where that is a thing. And I just want to um, right off the back of what Freedom was saying, like I'm proud of you um, for mm. for for not only. Um, Trying to change that for your kids, um, and I, I sometimes forget. Like he, he, you're like one year younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> Put a zero on it. Put a zero on it. Like yeah, like you, like you're double digits younger than me. Like and 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 I sometimes I forget that mm. um, just because of like you know how we always hang out like all of us and I sometimes forget like you know that some of the decisions that I make are because I've had more experience in life. And then I look back and I'll be like, man, I've got to remember, like, when I was 10, this guy was even born. <laughs> <laughs> you do the math. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was 10 and you were in nightclubs. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that sort of stuff, you know what I mean? But like we said, like, we're pr- I'm, I'm both of us are proud of you, um, mm. especially for, like, seeing you yesterday with your kids. Yeah, bro, th- that was special for me because <laughs> that was the first time, really. Oh, yeah. I've seen them anyway, sorry. Nah, and it was cool. Like, you know, like when I see them, like, you know, just treat them like my own. And um, it was cool to see you again, be a dad and again, be there for them because like it, like like we were saying, like it could have easily, you could have eas- went the easy way and said, actually, I don't want anything to do with them. Mm. Um, and they could have been without a father. There's yeah. two of them without a father, so... Mm. Uh, I give it up to you to uh, for stepping up and and taking ownership of um, your your actions and taking care of your responsibilities, my brother. Thanks, my brother. <laughs> Love yous, man. Love yous. Holy, we are. <laughs> hey, just real quickly before we move on, all three of us have cried on a podcast. Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Bro, I was like, yeah. nah, don't cry. <laughs> trying to hold it. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to hold it. His eyes kept getting watery. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was even trying to like I could see in the corner of his eye because of the angle I'm sitting. I was like, and then I would look away out of respect. I was like, please cry. Please. <laughs> I was holding on to that too, going yeah. deep in without crying on the podcast. <laughs> Shit, man, that's so beautiful to me, bro. Straight up, that was mean. Yo, hard. That that filled my cup, even though it's such a heavy topic. Yeah. Anyway, muscles. Um, next topic. Um, stereotypes and stigmas. Hey. Stereotypes and stigmas. What do you reckon? Let me let me ask you this question. Yep. Oh, yeah, especially like you know, um, you know how Christians. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
I'll bring this thing up about. And Brody Christians. could probably, yeah, 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 yeah. all of us, we <sighs> can all speak on it. Like, um, wh- why do we all have this thing that if you're a Christian, say for example, if we're seen as going to church and we, you know, say we follow the Lord and all of that stuff, uh, that all of a sudden we get that same thing put over us, like as a minister's child, like we have to be perfect. You can't drink. You can't do this. You can't do that. Like what? Like <laughs> what is that? Like, what is that as a thing? Like, why do we just assume that? And, and another thing is, we assume that they they never sin. We assume that they're always doing the right thing. We assume that they never have any downside. Like, you know, they're never angry or any of this stuff. But, like, we've spoken about it before. Like, being a Christian is, like, the hardest thing probably possible. Like, in regards to trying your best to live... Uh, a straight and narrow life, but again, it's not always. There's no one perfect. If, if, like have we? They were always told. My my short answer to that, bro, is I actually have this like internal belief at the moment that it's tall poppy syndrome. Mm. And um, what I mean by that is, um, I think the easiest thing in in life to do, instead of looking at, if you sit on your bed and genuinely ask, what things are ruining my life? Yeah. I guarantee you it's far easier to look at someone else and tell them how they're ruining their life than for me to sit on my own bed and do that internally. Yeah. So I just I just believe that um That's facts. when I say tall poppy syndrome, I feel like we have this way of of wanting to pull other people down so that we feel better. Like mm. a, a joke that I constantly um hear in the clubs when I do go out is mm. like you know, hey, we'll bend her and then g- go to church straight away in the same clothes. <laughs> you know how we like always joke about that? Like, for me, the fact that that's a joke, but yeah. those same people are the, are the very ones mocking each other about yes. <laughs> about actually being in the clubs in the first place. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the whole, how it aligns with Tall Poppy. And I think that um, what's beautiful about the intergenerational talk is some of that is actually a trauma response and it's, un- it's subconscious. Yeah. We might not be aware that it's, you know, maybe it's stemming from a place of guilt, mm. um, but that's my belief, um, and I've, I I feel that way after reflecting on what do I do? How do I feel when I'm actually judging someone else? Mm. Like the Christian Prescott thing. Yeah. Um, and what it's been about is instead of having to look inward and um, do something about some of the things that I'm not at peace with, yep. I instead choose to look outward so that I then feel better automatically. That's yeah. that's my opinion. Anyway. What about you, big dog? Does what, does what I said make sense? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I understand. Um, I don't know, sort of what Free said, but um, like the way I look at it is like, yeah, it, it is the like that tall puppy syndrome, but <coughs> I think because people see like from an outsider, like people who aren't Christian and people that look in, I think because they see like obviously Christians preaching, um, like what's in the Bible and preaching what they do when they see like the littlest thing that's a sin or something like that, bam, you know, like it's quick to judge. But I think it's because like, um, I think it's the way because, oh, like how um, people portray Christians. Um Obviously, like being holy and, um, yeah. Let's put it like this. Most of the people that are actually saying, like, oh, 
you drink, you do this and that. <laughs> We're past Christians. We're pa- uh, Christians. Well, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, or like time. you know, but obviously they probably don't go to church or whatnot. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like let's let's talk about our um, island culture. Most of us, pretty much everyone of us, all come from church. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. as an island culture uh, and Maori culture, like church is massive. Like religion is mass- massive in in in, in our cultures. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee you that everyone has has been through a church in some stage in their life. Um, obviously, they might not be in, in 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 that place at the moment, right right now and then, or like then and now. But again, like you know what I mean. It's like they should know that, like being a Christian is not about being perfect. Mm. Um, and like that's just something that always buzzes me out like just like a, a stigma or a st- like we always class a stereotype a Christian is like you got to be like straight yeah. and narrow you got to mm. be perfect every single time and like you're saying like as a as a child of a part of a minister like I could only imagine that's 10 times 100 times like you're under 100 times the microscope because obviously oh, like that's your household mm. um, if I can just quickly ask what's what's a stereotype or stigma that um, you've experienced um, for yourself personally, besides the minister, um, the minister yeah, yeah. Um, one, f- uh, <laughs> um, one at work actually, and um, you know, funny enough, I think I found a way to like survive this because, um, it's not along the the lines of racism, but like things like that when they become so normalized that you're like a little bit numb to them, or you've learned how to survive in yep. them, um. Yeah, it can be hard to. What, what was it? So, um, I work in professional services accounting, and um, when I first had my internship at Deloitte, which is a massive, massive, competes at the top of the global game. It's a massive um, professional services firm. Um, not many brown people there, um, and I had an internship um, with them in 20, ooh, 2019, 2020, something like that. And it was only over the summer, but um, I gave a speech. And um, something that I pride myself on is at least, like, trying to articulate my words. And the <laughs> feedback that I got, like, it was crazy because I think the person that told me this feedback, they actually meant well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they actually meant well. Yeah. Um, but they told me that um, I was intelligent for a rugby player. Okay. And um, at the time, you can imagine at the time, like, I was like, bro, stuff you. Like, who what do you think you are? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, I was like, bro, you don't know me. Like, those ones. Yeah. And then, um, but funny enough, actually, um, in my inductions for the internship, there was this lady that came in, and she was like a self-help coach, I think. Um, and, f- and she taught me a new style of communication, which I've spoken about in another speech that I've done. Um, and it's this idea of um, informing without accusing. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I actually took that lady's advice. I don't know how, why I remembered it in the moment. I think maybe that was God passing me a little <laughs> bit of like a, hey, keep your cool, brother. Uh, we, we want you to have this job, yeah. remember? We don't want you to be fired on the first week. Um, but I, pretty much I was like, hey, um, I don't know if you're aware, but I just want to let you know that when you said that, it made me feel this way. Instead of saying, you're attacking me or like you're a dick because you said that. I was just saying, hey, look, bro, what you said made me feel this way. Like, is this what you meant? Mm. That's what I mean by informing rather than saying, if you, why would you say that? Yeah. Um, and bro, the response that this person gave me was actually like, oh, damn, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. Yeah. Um, thank you for educating me. And so I, I take my hat off to that person. Oh, that's cool. But what's crazy is like, uh, 
Bro, that could have been a really bad situation <laughs> if I think about it. If I reacted it to the way that you wanted to, I wanted to, <laughs> um, like you I probably would have been fired. <laughs> I don't think I'd have still have a job, guys. And that was years ago. Um, so yeah, that would be one. And and because I'm a rugby player and and a Christian, yeah. And like, I'm not I'm not perfect, but like another one is like when I am romantically involved with someone, yeah. I only I only have it in me to talk to one person at a time, but like there's lots of there's lots of stereotypes and stigmas about rugby players. Yeah, that they're, yeah. they're like players or they're womanizers. Oh, hundred percent. That like you know they're unintelligent. That they, they don't have emotions. Even though you know a lot of a lot of things in our game are maybe a bit toxic around <laughs> the masculinity <laughs> things, not talking about our feelings. Yeah. But I'd like to think that all three of us are rugby players. Mm. We're talking on here about vulnerability about things. So I, I just I feel like instead of maybe complaining about the stereotypes, what I'm trying to do is now break them. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's what, that's what I'm also proud of you, you guys in the same sense around the whole fatherhood thing is mm. I feel like you guys outside of us three together are actually doing your own things to try break the ones that are in your lives. Yeah. What about you, big dog? Any um, personal stereotype, stereotypes or stigmas that you've been, wouldn't say accused of, but experienced? Um, nothing that like springs to mind. Like nothing. Like I'm trying to. I've been thinking of trying to one, but like. What about if I say this to you? When they remember what you always when people always say, "What are you gonna do?" Like you're just a dumb boy from up north. Yeah, that's a stereotype there. How does that make you feel? And 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 um, like why do you think that they say that? Because I am a dumb boy. (laughs) 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 I'm a dumb boy from up north. Nah, like. I just laughing like obviously it like it hurts a bit mm. but like I'm I'm the type that like fuck you like I don't give a fuck what you say yeah. but um yeah like there's obviously a stereotype like of like boys from up north like being hoary troubled or something. yeah troubled hoary never make it out mm. you know and like yeah I've had to I guess go through that like well since living in Auckland or where you from? Mm. Up north, Kaitaia or Freitaia, yeah. you know, like there's this thing around like boys from up north, like just being trouble. But like, um, oh, another one, like obviously being mouldy. Yeah. Do you know how to talk mouldy? Yeah. Oh, oh bro, that um, can go for one. Oh, can you call it on? That can go for Oh, nah, nah, nah. Like I can't. Oh, why not? You know, like, oh, you plastic. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. And it, like, makes you, f- oh, like, for me, I've had it, like, a few times. And it's sort of, like, it makes you feel, like, ashamed. Like, that you, I could Im- I could imagine it with you being Islander, eh? Yeah. yeah. Like, that stereotype of, oh, you're Māori or you're Samoan. Yeah. Why don't you know how to speak? Yeah. Um, Been through that, mm. like, that, like, I'm easy, like I just brush it in. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. I don't care what you say. Um Oh fuck, what else is there? Um being from Kaita. Mm. Like obviously when you tell someone you're from Kaita, oh that's where all to all the fry 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 heads are, right? Like yeah. all the crackheads. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, it's not it's actually a good town. You just look at the bad things. But, like, bro, like, we're all over the news. Like, something comes up, bro, like, in Kaitai, bro, we just get tarnished. they all over the news, mm. all over. Um, 
like all over social media, like bro, like crack, all that stuff, like it's run down, it's number one crack town in New Zealand, shit like that, like just out here representing my community. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking KTA all day. <laughs> Four eight. Fuck I'll rip cut out till the day I die. <laughs> Even though I live in Auckland. <laughs> but nah. But yeah, like uh, uh, like nothing that sort of comes to mind, like being like within. I've never really experienced anything bad like that. I probably have, but I, it just doesn't come to mind or stand out yep. to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, probably just those like sort of couple that I touched on. Yeah. What about you? Well, I've had a couple. Eh? <coughs> um, I've had um, obviously people know that I've got tattoos. I've spoken to these to you about it as well. People, um, yeah, know that I've got a lot of tattoos and. Um, get classed as a a gang member or um, like a naughty person type of thing Um, or like a bad person (laughs) I'll say something like I know a person um, we all all know who this person is but um, they said when they first seen him oh I thought like you know you're like a bad dude you know like a gang member da 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 but you're actually like a really nice guy. See, you know, like yeah, that's yeah, that's 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 one common one I always get. Um, obviously, um, living in central, um, and we have, you know, obviously the landscape of Pacific Islanders has 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 changed, and it's more predominantly um, European mm. um, in central, and so just walking around, um, especially going into like um, I've been into a few shops here and there. Um, a while ago and just automatically getting judged you know what I mean like just first appearance they'll be like what's he doing um, walking around the shop and this and that and um, yeah I've, I've had uh, quite a few experiences just being a Pacific Islander um, living in Central um, and having a lot of tattoos um, so that's that's one that I've, I've, I've experienced a hell of a lot and to be honest with you um, living in Central Bro, we were here before you Europeans. <laughs> so I don't know why you're looking at us like we're we're the minority. Yeah, we were here way before your asses, Lock man. And back you, on your walk. <laughs> and you guys up the rent and up the <laughs> inflation, <laughs> inflation, and kicked our people out, man. Shit. But nah, um, yeah, that's 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 one stigma I have. Not all people that have tattoos are bad people. Yeah. Or, bro, actually, yeah, some of the nicest people you ever meet. Exactly right. Like you know, there's some people out there that don't have tattoos that are worse off. Worse, you know what I mean? Exactly. But uh, like I was saying, don't judge a book by its cover um, is, is, is one thing I've always um, said. Like, just because I have tattoos, just because I ride, I've, I've, I've ridden like a bike before, um, just because of the clothes I wear sometimes, like, you know what I mean? I'm, it doesn't mean that I'm a, a gang member. It doesn't mean um, a bad person. doesn't mean I'm this or that. Like, at the end of the day... Um, like you boys know who I am. Like my mm. family knows who I am. Like, and I couldn't care less what they think, to be honest mm. with you. But, like for other people out there, like that go through it, that don't have the um, the mindset that we have is like fuck you. Like mm. I don't care what you say. Yeah, it's more of the mindset that like you know that it puts them into a shell or whatever. Like at the end of the day, like not all of those people are bad people. Mm. You know what I mean? So get to know them before you even um, before you be, you shouldn't even judge them anyway. But get to know them first. I've mm. known some gang members or things that are nicer people than people that go to church. You know exactly. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Um, so, like, it's it's 
it's it's again it's um, getting to know the person first um, before anything. Um, and another one that I've got, or well, my wife got hit up was because um, of you know how you being the captain, like you got to speak after games, and yeah. it's always on the camera. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was getting interviewed after the game, and um, just speaking how I normally speak. Uh, someone had told my wife, "Oh, your husband speaks well." And my wife was like, <laughs> "What do you mean? Like, well, what do you expect?" And I think um, the, the the picture that my wife got painted was like, you know, he's a he's a brown person, and it was um, an islander was thinking like, like one word answers. Like, oh. thank you for a good game. <laughs> <laughs> Not English, you fool. <laughs> thank you for a good game. They were just, um, they were just expecting like, oh, um, like, what did you think of the game? I was like, oh yeah, the game was good. Like you know that sort of yeah. that sort of it was response. a tough game. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah, yeah, it was all good. Like just like cliche ones, eh? Yeah, and so when I was like giving like answers that, you know, like just generally speaking and elaborating. Yeah, you, you know what elaborate? Yeah, <laughs> spell it. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <Nah. laughs> but yeah, just just stuff like that. Like you know, I, I just yeah, just getting stereotyped for mm. the way we look, um, mm. and mm. people don't even know who we are or like. Yeah. What well, we do as people. Say one thing too, like this guy's tatted up to the base, but you hear people like when they actually talk to him, and they say like he's the nicest guy you ever mm. like um, meet or talk to, and that is true. You can have a not with just him, like it is him as well. But you sit down with like I say this guy, and you could say gang members and stuff like that. You sit down with them for ten minutes and talk to them. You you probably love them more than you love you know like um, European people, um, and I could vouch for <laughs> this guy too. Vouch for this guy. He's um he'll be the nicest person you ever meet. Right, amen. Speaks 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 very well. <laughs> <laughs> I had my old um my old lady say that too when you know, she was watching one of the games. Oh, he speaks so well, eh? <laughs> Stereotype them. <laughs> Mum. <laughs> oh, you didn't think I could speak well? <laughs> but yeah, hey, that's that's one thing I, I think, hey, um, need to stop. Like, it's not saying that, like, I, 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 I do it sometimes too. Mm. Like, you know, just you just see people and you, like, it's a thought mm. that, that, that literally comes to my mind and it's be like then I just snap out of it like bro like I didn't even know you yeah. know what I mean so I guess um, like stereotyping and, st- and, and, and stigmas uh, for like for people like you know it's it's something that needs to what do you say stop yeah. mm. but like what you said before it's sort of like tall puppy syndrome I guess stereotyping people yeah it's in in all like also on the whole like stop thing, I think it can be real hard if you've if something's in your habits mm. and you've just been mm. doing it it's all you know. Yeah. yeah like it can actually it's actually real hard to even know it's a problem. Yeah. Um which is why sometimes I laugh at like the fact that like <laughs> the people sometimes who like mock us the most are our own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So like e- even that's like another they one I could talk own. about is like being light skinned. Yeah. Um mm. or like being called plastic because I don't speak Tongan or like um, another one is the same as what you said because I'm also Maori like not knowing where I come from is like a oh yeah, you're not one of us then but yeah. it's it's just that that'd be essentially like in your own family mm. coming up to the dinner table all of you together and someone going nah 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 not you not you you get over there so like it's just kind of sad mm. um, but yeah we if you don't know if you don't know something is wrong like first the first 
the first thing to do in my opinion is this stuff. It's just yeah. like you can laugh about it. You notice how we're like joking about it. Mm. Yeah. Um, we've cried, we've laughed, we've joked. There's ways to go about the delivery, but you, you can't stop something until you know it's something needs to change. And I think that's probably what is the most beautiful thing about these podcasts is actually instead of trying to be like the solution, solution yeah. based thinking, it's actually just sparking, just yeah, sparking, sparking conversations. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, on that note, sorry, I have another thing. I'm Go. rambling today. Go. We on. Go. Um, one thing that I have been thinking about as well is like this idea of labeling behaviors as masculine and feminine. Give um, us an example. So the idea that like if a guy cries or is emotional, he's described as feminine. Oh yeah. Or mm. if a female goes to the gym and is muscular, that she's she's called masculine. Or manly. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. think that's pretty sad. Yeah, it's fucking um, bullshit. Because, you know, if you, like, good for you. If you want to go to the gym and get muscly, like, that's just being human, not not feminine or masculine. It's mm. just, so that's something that I also want to, you know, maybe just uh, sprinkle out in the air. <laughs> sprinkle out in the air. I think maybe we need to, me, me, me need to get better at that. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Because sometimes the best way to actually talk to people is mocking them. Yeah. And mm. joking about them. And it's up to your guys' discretion. But that's something that I also thought about. That's another one that we were just saying, like, um, when you were saying um, crying, men crying. Yeah. Another stigma that we have, and, and, and that's massive for what, like for men as well, is it's weak for us to speak about our emotions. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like our mental health, like um, how we uh, how that stigma out there is like um, you're meant to be tough and manly and you can never speak about like your emotions. But um, we're like we were saying, like um, it ain't weak to speak. Um, mm. And people that do speak about the emotions doesn't mean you are weak. You know what I mean? Uh, people that express their emotions, especially to their boys or uh, family members or whatever, like it doesn't make you less manly than the, the person next to you. Mm. Um, to be honest with you, if you and the person next to you are going through the exact same thing, but you speak about your emotions, I guarantee you'll be a, you'll be better off than the person next to you. Hundred. So I think that's another uh, thing that we must um, again learn to to change. Mm. Learn to change is, is it, it is not weak to speak like. You know, you sometimes speaking to people outside your circle is is easier than speaking to people inside your circle because, again, depending on your circle, uh, sometimes you might feel like you're being judged. Yeah. Um, but you find more comfort talking to someone random, someone that you may not be close with, um, to express your feelings and emotions. But again, it doesn't make you in, uh, any less masculine than the man, you know, than any other man. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Mm. That's all I wanted to say in regards to. Um, that stereotype that we have over um, speaking about emotions or speaking about our, yeah. our feelings is weak. God, nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not, they're, oh, there's me. That bro, I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving <laughs> this one. Holy. Um, hey, we're living up. Yeah, we are. <coughs> Together as well. How good. Yeah. Um, last one uh, is talking about money. Why is it so hard, um, especially for our people? Mm. Um, why is it so hard in New Zealand? Why do we feel like it's so hard amongst us brothers? Um, why do we feel like talking about money is taboo? There you go, my man. <laughs> um, so we don't get the oh, no, you guys are why don't we talk about money? Um, or why is talking about money like so hard? Yeah, so hard because, um, I think it's like tall puppy syndrome we compare um and money's like a um 
such a like powerful powerful thing like money and when a lot of people like joking like oh how much money you on it's like um and then you often like often people lie about how much money they yeah. on <laughs> because they're too ashamed to like yeah. it's so they're too ashamed to like um be i guess um lower than the person that's asking i guess in a way like i've i've had i know of people or like uncles being like um oh yeah like i'm working over in aussie i'm on 40 bucks an hour and then come back to kaitai and oh you got the busy you know like yeah like um people compare like what you're on how much money you're making um what you have, assets and, and stuff like that. Like if you got a boat, oh, you got heaps of money. You got a jet ski or a nice car, you got heaps of money. Yeah. Little do you know, if this guy's probably in like 50K debt or something like that. Um, oh, we just brought a house, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think if you make less, I think people like feel ashamed. Mm. What's that um thing that we had said like, is it a value? Are you talking about like our sense of value as a person? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's that? Like um, because of like what you earn, it yeah. puts a value. On yourself. On yourself? Yeah. So you think like um, if I only earn X amount of dollars, which is less than what I know you're on, like type of thing, is yeah. like, does that make that uh, like person feel less valuable? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I reckon. <coughs> Do you that reckon that? That's, that's, that's what I reckon. That's why I think. Um, it's so hard to talk about money um, for for people. Um, firstly, because I think we compare ourselves to others by our worth of our value of money, of what we earn, um, or what money we have. If that makes sense, like um, say for example, someone that doesn't earn quite a, like doesn't earn as much money as another person, mm. they and 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 they know that. And then that other person that they know asked them, oh, how much are you on? Mm. Like, you know, it's like, a, I don't want to tell you because I don't want to feel like because you earn more, you're better. Yeah. yeah. Um, did we say that that comparison, what did um, Uldridge say? Comparison is the um, thief of, thief thief of, of joy. joy. Yeah, thief, thief of joy. joy. But I think it's like that um, struggle bit too. Mm. Like you see family struggling um, and then they get asked how much you want, blah, blah, like, you know, about money. Mm. Other people don't know they're struggling, yeah, and mm. stuff like that. Yeah, I get you. Well, it, we'll we'll let you go because <laughs> you will go into like a deeper, a deeper meaning for of it, and then we'll be able to like yeah, um, um, smart, well, smart. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but it'd be funny if someone messaged in like, bro, Freedom doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Thumb it down for <laughs> us. <laughs> nah, nah, um, bro. Like my opinion is that, um, like money just cuts to the root of self worth, mm. um. And this is another interesting topic is like I hand on heart say that like if I get married and my partner earns, I'm a professional athlete, but my partner earns like way more than me. Mm. Like I hand on heart um, and it's taken a while to get here. I hand on heart could say like, babe, if you're happy and this is the best option for us, I'll stay home. I'll, I'll quit my job and look after the kids. Because Fucking oath. But, but, but I feel like there's a lot of money is such a hard topic to talk about because there's a lot of different, different sections here. There's mm. um, root of self-worth. A lot of people feel that their job doesn't accurately reflect how much value they bring to their workplace. Yeah. And because of that disparity, 
I think that's why people lie. There's like a level of like shame where they don't feel like they feel shame. Um, and so I think that's one. Root of self-worth, um, I think, and a lot of it is also um, tall poppy. Mm. You don't want to say how much you're on, truthfully, sometimes, because you might know that you're on more than your mate. Yeah. Mm. Like, we don't often think about that side. Um, and then vice versa. You might lie because you feel like if you, if you don't say a certain number, your mate's going to mock you. So yeah. there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. there's tall poppy. Then there's um, relationships like... This one's a bit niche, but some some men that I've talked to about struggling to provide for their families mm. don't feel like they have a relationship with enough emotional intelligence to actually be able to say, hey, I'm struggling with money and I need your help because the reality is their role in their family is to provide. Yeah. So mm. talking about it, why is talking about money so hard? It might be the fact that you actually just feel like you can't mm. to, the, to, to the specific person in the situation. Um, there is also, I think sometimes in certain cultures, it's taboo. That's what I was going to talk um, about. There's like that. There's, um, I don't condone, I'd like this, I genuinely feel strongly about this, the whole idea in church that um, how much you give, yeah. tithes, yeah. Mm. somehow correlates to your entry into heaven. I don't agree with that narrative. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so you can see like my mind's racing. There's yeah. a lot of different areas. Um, but the one that I've struggled with the most has probably been the self-worth thing. Is yeah. like, when I was younger and like, you know, going through my stuff, homeless and all that, like I didn't actually feel like I would ever earn an, a lot enough. And when I made my Super Rugby debut, I had families being like, my, my cousins being like, okay, you're shout now. Yeah. And it's like, cousins, yeah. you actually don't know, but you earn more than me. Yeah, <laughs> like, but you know, the, the pressure of like, oh crap, like, you know, these guys have put me on a pedestal. I got to live up to that. I think that's all, all a big part of it as well. So yeah, there's a lot of different mm. things we could talk about, but I think the one that I definitely want to kind of push forward and, start to bring spark conversations around us. How does my job make me feel? How does how much I earn make me feel? You know, is it is it actually does it bring up any um insecurities I have that actually stem from a different area of my life? Mm. Um one for me around money is like um years and years ago when I was a young teenager, I didn't have a job. Yep. And I, you know, hung out with a girl and it was like um I, you know, I told her straight up, I was like, hey I don't I don't work. Um, like, can we just go do something free? Mm. Um, and and the response was like, "Ooh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to hang out anymore." And I, whilst I appreciate it, honestly, I kind of cut because I was <laughs> like, "Oh, does that mean that I have to earn money to to be valued as a person? Yeah, to be, you know." And so I think men sometimes and women, but I can only speak for men. Yeah, um, go through experiences like that where it actually just like it starts to shift the way that you think mm. and you might not realize that it's, it's and after years and years and years of thinking a certain way behaving a certain way you're just numb yeah you're just numb to it and that's kind of how i think about it um this is all opinion <laughs> all opinion let me say that there's no <laughs> facts here another buzzy fact that i find really interesting i think the living wage or, or like the wage where you have to earn to kind of do okay is 80 grand Shit. I, oh it's 80 grand I can't remember the stat, yeah, but it was I something like... What it was, was on like was the, the morning shift day. Yeah. Um, 90% of people are not going to earn more than 90 That's K. crazy. And that means that 90% uh. of people aren't actually doing okay. Yeah. Which is, it like blows my mind. So no wonder money's hard to talk about. Well, We're all actually struggling. Yeah. I think it's 90% <laughs> of New Zealand doesn't earn more... Than 80K. I think it's like 100. No, I think it was 90. Wow, yeah. Well, 80 to 100. Bro, even to me, <laughs> even to me, I'm trying to get to 80K, guys. Far out. I'm just trying to survive out here. That's <laughs> a cool <laughs> world. Far out. Luxon, you fag. <laughs> <laughs> Any pay rises, Lux? <laughs> yeah, bro. 
keep that petrol price coming down, please. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Thank the heavens. Petrol's about spent two hundred dollars just on petrol this weekend. What does the oh, to go up north? There and back. Oh, what about um? But hey, you can't put a price on kids. Rental. <laughs> 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 what about price What about that. rental prices? Like obviously, oh, fuck which two brothers here. You you know like what what's what's like. Obviously, when we talk about speaking, we'll, we'll throw it out there. Um, anyone got a two bedroom place? Yeah, actually, we're, me and the bro are looking for a place. <laughs> we're looking for a place. <laughs> two bedroom, preferably more central. Central, yep. central it has to be central. Let us know, please, <laughs> please. Low rent, nah, low but, rent, but, but for real though. Anyway, <laughs> that's on guard. <laughs> we'll just sprinkle that on there and just manifest that. Manifest two lovable taps. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Hey, that's it. Exactly, like you know, all of that stuff. Like, yeah, obviously, um, like about New Zealand not earning. Maybe, maybe everyone is struggling. Probably everyone is struggling. Everyone yeah. is struggling. Yeah, bro. like you know, like that's and and that can be a true fact. Where you know, obviously, the price of petrol, the price, of the, the cost of living is actually fucking high in this country. But and it leads to so many other things. Like, like that's why I think people go to Oz. Yeah, the fact oh, that like yeah. something as little as um what is it fruit and veg in Oz is, yeah. is um Bro, it's so what, like, no GST or whatever yeah or like when I came home because I came home in the middle of the year. I was in Oz, bro. Like, f- all the fruit, everything, cheap as. Like, meat was a little bit expensive, but you go to the butcher and it's cheap. Yeah. I came home. I was like, holy fuck, it is so expensive. Like, over there, I could, for the week, I could probably do like 80 to 100 bucks. And it'll last you a whole week easy. Last, that's a week easy. You come here, fuck, 100 bucks eat, bro. <laughs> 100 bucks eat shit. Bro, <laughs> and tickling your neck. It was like sack. 200 bucks just for <laughs> shopping. Bro, that's like Eggs. Like eggs are expensive. Eggs. There's no more fruity trees. Ah, D. Wow. Eggs are expensive, man. Just, just, just stuff like that in general. Like, yeah, you can see, obviously, that there could be a viable reason why a lot of people don't talk mm. about money. Bro, uh, I'm, I'm like, this has just come to mind. Mangoes over there were like four dollars. You can come here; it's like eleven to sixteen dollars a mango. A mango. A mango. See, that's Fuck. nuts. But like. Buzzy, anyway, how anyway. nah? But buzzy, how money actually leads to also other problems. If you if you're not earning above whatever that is, eighty k, and you mm. have to buy cheap food, then it leads to obesity, mm. which then can lead to like poor lifestyle choice. It's like there's actually a domino effect, bro. So when I when I speak about like um the whole self worth thing, mm. like if mm. money's already one thing, and then you're looking in the mirror and you can only afford certain food that makes you look a certain way, yeah, you know, you know, we could come up with all the excuses under the sun. All I'm saying, trying to say, is that. Um, money is, is it really does cut to the root of self worth in it, and it, there's so many dominoes that it could make fall over as yeah. well. Well, you got to think about like Polynesian families, like they're big, you know, you yeah. the big Polynesian families, and then in those families you get sort of big people, like you know, like, mm. and then you expect them to eat healthy, mm. yet and it's the expensive. price to eat healthy is so expensive, and then it's cheaper to you know. Buy rubbish food that you can survive on. That's that's one thing I'll never ever ever understand. <clears throat> um, like, they want people to eat healthy, right? Yeah. Um, but they put the price of healthy eating, like they make it so expensive. Yeah. So like, obviously they like it's it's done for a purpose. The government do this for a purpose, or you know whoever does it for a purpose. They make things that are easily accessible that are not good for you cheap. And 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 this is no thing, but they make it. They put those places in amongst our people, mm. if that makes sense. So, what I'm trying to say is, like, 
wherever our people are, if you uh, say, say for example, if we were to go central, come to central, you never, you hardly ever see any bottle shops, yeah. like actual bottle shops. They're called wine and beer, yeah, 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 yeah. wine and beer sh- stores. But how expensive are stuff in there? True. And, and central, mm. you drive out south. south. When you go out south, and in nearly every block of shops, like there's a dairy. Mm. Next to the dairy, there's a bottle store. Yep. Bottle store, and mm. and and near those two is is a takeaway. Bakery, actually, yeah, I, and a I bakery. Never thought about like this. Like, it's uh, I, I I don't know. Um, that's, yeah, that that blows my mind. It's and then and and there's always things around there to affect our people. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, you go out and uh, uh, in Central, like there's maybe a few. Fast food stores, but that's only because there's the city. Like when you talk about like Maccas and all of that, you go yeah. anywhere else out of here where majority of our Polynesian and Maori people are, but they're everywhere. Oh. And there's not only just the Maccas. Next to the Maccas, there's a Wendy's, there's a Carl's Junior, there's a all of this. It's like um when you work out when we work out south, or till compared to where we work in like up north somewhere like those rich areas mm. or even around, it's not hard to find smoker itself. No, like you're carrying, you just drive around the corner. There's a bakery. Yeah, drive around another corner. There's a Chinese. Yeah, you know it's uh, to every. And how cheap is it? Cheap. It's cheaper shit. Oh, it's cheaper to uh, like. I remember, like one time, I went and brought dinner. I brought like steak. I went to counter. I brought like steak, um, potato stuff like that stuff for dinner for myself. And it was like thirty, like forty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. Got to the counter, but the old pride to go like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> it took over. And I was like, bro, I could have went and brought takeaways for 20 bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know what? When you had bought all of that, you still had to go home and cook it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I could have been eating right there. Like, that fuck. is hilarious. I feel like that's a weekly conversation I have with myself. <laughs> Meal prep? Really? This is 100 bucks? <laughs> and all the time I have to cook it and I just don't, and I don't even like it. eating it. Yeah. <laughs> Broccoli. <laughs> mm. <laughs> out. Okay. Wait, wait, I, I got a question. Why Why is, like, back to money, why Why is it that when people buy, say, buy a home, mm. they're labelled as successful successful or rich? <laughs> why? Whoa. Bro, all I want to say is if you can buy a home If you can buy a home, like, Bro, good you on you. you must be the man. Like, good on you. Fuck, kudos to you. But, like, why is it when people buy houses, they're labelled as successful or rich? Because that's the perception that, that, that we've always been told. To, that you've made it? You've made it. But let's be honest. Bro. With the inflation going on and everything, bro, most people, I won't say most people, but some people are actually going in the opposite direction. Yeah. Like losing their homes. Yeah. Um, but that's the perception that, that's been put out there to us growing up um, is that if you own a house, you've made it. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember um, one of my aunties, uh, one of my cousins brought a home. She goes, oh, your cousin's brought a home by himself. Mm. How um. Why haven't you bought a home? Mm. Well, why why don't you buy a home? And I'm like, do I really want to be in debt my whole life? <laughs> do I really want to be paying off something till I'm sixty? Yeah. No, thank you. I mean, it might come later on, but fucking, I couldn't think of anything worse than to be stuck paying something off. Yeah, most of your life, really. I don't know. I feel like it's yeah. It's funny that we're talking about it because. Um, 
you know, I feel like in the modern era, it's a, it's a bit of a different mindset. But like this idea of like stability and mm. like mm-hmm. it's funny because when people buy houses, like you never know how much of the house they could actually um, buy with the first down payment. Yeah. Like essentially, what we're saying is, if you buy a million dollar home and you you got to put a down payment of of two hundred thousand. Yeah. We're essentially saying you're successful because you've got a hundred thousand worth of debt. <laughs> 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 like when you think about it like that, it's yeah. actually like, oh yeah, true. This laugh isn't like a dig either. It's just nah, it's yeah, it's it's what I will say is like, bro, no wonder people buy houses and then get people in them though. Yeah, hard. Yeah. Like get other people like, to pay. It. Yeah, other people to pay. I mean, I can understand like that, but I think it actually actually stems from stability and the fear of the unknown, fear of uncertainty. And I think houses are a practical solution to some of those anxieties. Yeah. Um, but it's still funny because we're all struggling. <laughs> well, that's it. That's it. Like, it's not a laugh at, like, um, people that own houses or, like, you know, the people that are going through stuff or anything like that. I think it's more of the fact that it's, it's something that we're just laughing at. The f- oh, I'm just laughing at the fact that, like, that's been something that's been instilled for like yeah, instilled yeah. in us like since we were like young Good growing through yeah. the coming through like school and whatnot it was always like um save up and buy you a house and then what else was after that it was always just always buy a house buy a house buy a house like a uh, shout out to those people that have bought houses you know what i mean yeah. um especially yeah. those during this time mm. um is a massive thing but i can see on the other hand like why people um go all out to buy a house especially if they're going to have a family Mm. Obviously, because now they've got some stability to have and call that like their family home. Yeah. Uh, that type of thing. But I think for me personally, um, yeah, that was just something that I guess through school was mm. always told through like general chat was always like save up and buy a house. Yeah. Like, whether it be from parents, whether it be from elders, whatever it is, it was always that was always like part of the chat. Just mm. Save your money so that you can buy a house. Save your money so you can do, you know, what, whatever it is. But that's where I think that perception was given was, again, mm. with, was through growing up. Like, if you bought a house, like, you were successful. But, yeah. um, again, like we had said, um, in regards to, like, a down payment, like, you practically only own what you put in. Yeah. You don't actually own, the bank actually owns it. But the bank owns it. And that's not a, and that's not being cheeky or anything. That's just... Facts, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 also bothered to me like um like sometimes like p- when you've grown up with kids who have grown up in like a mortgage free home mm. where like f- their families actually own the house. The house yeah. I think it's actually also bothered to me to understand like just how much it affects their daily psyche and like the way that they view things. Mm. I've like bro, I've had mates at school that like their parents were like millionaires overseas. Yeah. They've just bought a, a mansion for their kids to live in, but bro, it's, it can actually be an extremely lonely. It is very niche, yeah. But it can actually be like an extremely lonely time to also be that successful to the point where you got to, like, I had one of my mates in uni, um, didn't know this because I think maybe he had built up some malls. But bro, his father's multi-millionaire, and bro, when his father came to visit him, I didn't know this. He gets gets to see his old man twice a year. Shit. And also, bro, the old man was like thanking me for being his mate, his son's friend because. I guess I guess on the flip side is maybe when you are successful, this this whole being humble thing or like this whole tall poppy syndrome, I guess you, you do feel like you kinda gotta maybe hide it or whatever. And this might not be related, but that's what I'm thinking about as mm-hmm. well. Is also a flip side, but all I wanna say is can you pray for us? Cause um holy, I don't really I'm trying to figure out how we're gonna be able to get a house. <laughs> Buying houses. If you wanna buy a house, buy a two bedroom house. Yeah. We'll, we'll pay your mortgage. Yeah, we'll pay your mortgage. <laughs> Simple. Yeah. 
<laughs> just, just don't buy a fucking six hundred million dollar home because we won't be able to pay that off. <laughs> affordable, affordable rent, guys. Just, just quickly on on the money topic. Why is money so hard to talk about in our island and Maori cultures? Um, like in regards to, like, um, yeah, just money in general. Like you know, like it's not something that is a main topic that's spoken about in our island and Pacific Islander, Pacific Island and Maori cultures. Uh, is there a reason? Like, why do you reckon the what, what do you reckon the reason is to why it's not? Like why it's a hard thing to talk about. You guys go first. I feel like I can feel myself starting to mansplain. <laughs> oh, can you explain what that is? Just like over explaining. Th- I'm just. I'm just now like <laughs> in the mood. Yeah, no, nah, I'm just yeah, like you now go like first. Like then go first. Um, repeat the question. So like, why is it hard? Like, why is talking about money a, a hard thing to do in our Pacific Island and Maori culture? One, one, it's been well. The first obvious one to me is it's for some reason I don't know what the cultural thing behind it is, but it's for some reason it is like almost forbidden for us to talk about. Yeah. Well, it feels mm. like it is. Yeah, wh- what? I actually don't like because you know I don't know if it's like some ancient, you know, I don't know if it is like an ancient um, value in certain cultures that maybe it, like stops us from talking about it but um, even another thing that I find hard around our culture is the fact that like you know families won't have food on the table but they'll give their whole paycheck to the church mm. like uh, you know I might get hate for saying that um, but, but like that, that blows my mind that's because facts. like it's like bro <laughs> like your kids aren't eating your kids are going to school and like they're falling asleep because they have no energy to be yeah. in the classroom mm. and then they're not getting good grade. Like I think about all these things yeah. and I'm like, well, bro, we, we, we can't even acknowledge the fact that like another one for me that's really hard because it's, I, I, I sit on the fence is like, obviously when people die, it's hard. You got to get around your family. Yeah. But if you give everything you have, then you're, you're pretty much making your own family suffer as well. So it's like, I just feel like sometimes there's got to be a, a balance of some sort. Um, now this is, you know, maybe a bit selfish, but that's my honest opinion on it. And I stand by what I say in my that's convictions. A, that's exactly like a um, Pacific Island, the wedding. Like, you know, some of the weddings that they have mm. are so extravagant and so massive. Yeah, like I get it, it's a special day. But like, how much do they pay for it? Like, you know, but you got families in that giving. Any everything that they have. Um, I I I heard someone say like a lot of it's real common with island families as they take out loans, mm. like and stuff like that, oh just to pay for all these things. Like you know, like well, you've seen how big islanders have events, mm. and then I'm, even I'm like, how do you pay for all this stuff? Yeah, you know, and they're working, you know, normal jobs stuff like that. But then yeah, someone told me like um, I can't remember who it was was like. But a lot of these families take out loans just to that's pay pay for the stuff. Like that's one thing I'll never get. Like when it comes to uh, to uh, a wedding, like and 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 I uh, I know I think differently. Like in regards to a wedding, is like why do people pay to come to? Like why do I have to pay for people to come to my wedding? <laughs> I agree. To be honest, <laughs> like I'd rather elope and just go yeah, exactly. like ten people. But that's just me. Like I understand. Like you know, to be honest with you, like when you talk about people like taking loans, I know for I know that's facts. Mm. Like people will take out loans. People will go into debt just to pay for a day for their family and friends to come and enjoy, which is your special day. Yeah. That, if that makes sense. So one thing that always blows my mind is like 
Why do I have to pay for people to come and have, so, come and see, so, yeah. come and see me get married, and then come and have a feed and celebrate with me when it's my special day? Did you? No. I eloped. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Got married overseas. <laughs> smart, work smarter, smart. Not harder. Smart. Because, like, I know, I, I know, I think differently, and 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 I know, like, uh, some girls, and 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 even some men, like, you know, it's a big dream of theirs to get married in front of yeah. like all their family and friends, um, and and that's fine. But like for me, like, I don't, I know, I think differently, and I stand like freedom. I stand by my words. I was like, why does, mm. why is it like, why yeah. are we putting these people in debt? Yeah, and it's their special day. Yeah, if anything, oh. if you wanted to go to their wedding and they meant something to you, that's why I always like um, say to the people you know that go get married overseas. Yeah, the real people will come to your wedding. Yeah, because obviously, if you get married overseas, right, exactly, and you're not close with that person, there's no way in hell you're going over. You're going to pay yeah, for yeah, yeah. for a thing over there. So I get why people go overseas <coughs> and take their family mm. and friends because that's the real ones. But one thing I don't understand is like why are we Paying for people to come in and 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 celebrate my special day or our special day, um, and the worst thing is when we do that is like there's people that don't even show up. Yeah. So you've paid per head. You get two hundred people. You've paid two hundred people, mm. and then you get people that don't even show up and they don't even show. Yeah. Like the, the respect of like you paying for them, literally paying for them. At least I know when we get married, we're out of here. <laughs> when we get married, we're having weddings away. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, that's that's one thing I don't get in in, in our like um, Pacific Island and Maori culture. A question I have, and like I'm a bit ignorant in this space, but um, like in certain Polynesian cultures, is it expected that a certain side of the family has to pay for the wedding? No. Oh, okay. Um, uh, imagine that pressure, bro. Because there there would be another cultures, eh? There, yeah, probably. Like, bro, imagine that pressure, and then and then being if it is on your side, imagine being in a you place where you can't. It. Like yeah. and you have to take a loan. I think like, it's things in like, like those rich families overseas, where the where the husband's family has to pay for it. I think it's like the. Is it like arranged marriage? Yeah, those arranged marriages with all like, like those rich people overseas. <coughs> what I know is like with with the arranged marriages and in, in the in the rich families is like they try, obviously keep the rich with the rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, you wouldn't be paying out of pocket if you couldn't afford to. Yeah. Um, but. Like I, I know in the Pacific Island Maori cultures, no, it's not up to one side. I, th- I know it's on the thing of the couple, say the family of the couple, and depending on um, how, like how traditional you want to keep it, I think it <laughs> it comes down to. I got the, a, the I families. got a question for free. What? Since he's not a married man, would you trust your parents to organize a r- arranged marriage for you? Like knowing you, them, knowing you, and like, you know, as their son, do you reckon you'd be able to like trust them with an arranged marriage for you? Like to pick out the girl? Be honest, dear. Nah, honest. bro. Nah. I, I love my mom. Like I love my mom and dad. No, uh, we've actually had conversations. <laughs> not about this but like my mom, anyone who knows my mom, like my mom's actually a good matchmaker. Yeah, oh, I've I've seen her set some like. People up that I was like, eh? and then they're married like a year later. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll give my mum my f- her flowers. <laughs> but, um, but you wouldn't. Nah, you know what? I got to be honest here. Like, I feel like every child, well, maybe not every child, but most children, there's. If you, if you don't have an extremely. 
transparent relationship with your parents. There's like the side, <laughs> there's the side of you that is authentic, and then there can be the side of you that you that you present to your parents. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's a very real thing. So based on based on, I feel like when I'm in my family home, I play a role. Yeah. I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily um authentic freedom of alcohol. Um. I'm my parents, one of my parents' middle children. Mm. And I kind of revert into that role in the family. So they only see a certain side of me. Now, this is all mansplaining to my point. But mm. like, I don't necessarily feel that um, anyone else who doesn't know the real me would be able to pick a partner for me because they don't know the authentic me. They don't know mm. what I need. Um, they don't know what I look for. And maybe I haven't actually told them some of the things that I've gone through. So that's, yeah. that would be... That's the reason for my for my. What, what about you? What no? What about this? Before you answer. Th- oh yeah, yeah, you answer. You answer. You answer. No, you what about it. you? What about you? What about you? Would you trust your mum? Yeah, I reckon I could. <laughs> that's that's good then. I reckon I could. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about this for 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 both yous? Would you trust me and Broads to pick one for you? And would you trust me and Freedom to pick one for me and you? Nah. <laughs> nah. 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 No way! Hell to the no! Uh, <laughs> Hell no! Would you trust us, me Bro, and Broads to pick one for you? My answer was easy. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! But, See? but also, what, what I'll say is, because <laughs> I'll trust him. I wouldn't trust <laughs> you. <laughs> I wouldn't trust <laughs> you. What have I told? What have I been telling the both of you? Yeah, I wouldn't trust. What I've been telling you. They're both lately, D. <laughs> the, the reason, my reason for it though, is like sometimes I wouldn't even know how I feel, and these guys will just like tell me something that like they'll just make an observation, and I'll be like, "Damn, these guys know me a bit better <laughs> myself." <laughs> so nah. like, that's when you know you got real friends, like when they're telling you things that you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Exactly. Bro, like I just feel like that whole time. Like I probably, I, I would, I would trust you, but in the back of my head, I'm like. These cunts are gonna stitch me <laughs> up, bro. These cunts are gonna. I would have that play. I'd be like, nah, yeah, they got me. But in the back of my head, I'm like, nah, these cunts are gonna stitch me up. If, we, yeah. if we had to be as real as possible, would you trust us? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I would. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, bro. you see the woman. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> oh, shit. Girl, sorry. Bro, girl, girl. Back, girl. Back, back to the first question. If anything, if, my, if I let my parents. Pick. I feel like I'd maybe ruin the girl's life. <laughs> <laughs> the poor Christian girls, the poor like Christian raised, girl. the, raised in the church, like good ass. Oh, anyway. <laughs> nah. Hey, thank you very much, boys. What do you reckon? Anything else to add? You want anything else to add to that? Um, nah. Yeah, I reckon that's us. You know that? Yeah. <laughs> Far out. It's been a roller coaster of, of emotions but today. Before we, we end this, um, the Tongan Eight Mile over here is going to finish off. That's enough. Don't mock my clues. Don't mock my clues. Now, anyways, um, we'll wrap it up there. Um, <laughs> thank you for tuning in. Um, once again, like we always say, Fruit Chat Time of the Month, this is only our opinion yes. and our take on the topics that we have. Um, these are our views. You might have different views, but hey, that's okay. Um, don't be shy to message us mm. to or comment whatever you guys think um, yeah. and give us your take on 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 the views too. Can um, we just like can we just think that bit more? Like, yeah, don't be um, afraid to to message. Yeah, uh, especially yeah, like uh, if, if if you think that you know we're wrong or if we're right or whatever it is, like you know, like bro, reach out and mm. because obviously. Um, like what Freedom says, it could educate us what, um, yeah. about what that lady had. What did you say with that lady? It had what 
like you had educated her rather than gone oh, at her? Oh, informed, 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 yeah. informed her. Um, yeah, like any, any anything that we may have sp- um, spoken of and um, you feel like that you can inform us um, about something that maybe we had um, spoken about. Uh, man, well, I'm, I'm, me personally, I'm all open to that. Like Hard. Um, and and that, that's only going to make um, us better and more educated and, again, um, see things uh, more clearly, um, mm. especially from um, a different point of view. But, yeah, yeah carry yeah. on. Nice. Um, yeah, just what Sis said. Uh, make sure you comment or message us. Just don't be shy, man. Um, we're all here to get better and um, stuff like that. But, it's all um, love. All love. Yeah, hard. But we'll catch you in another month. Um, a lot of people have been requesting we do this um, a bit more, but um, unless you sponsor us, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, then you might get more. <laughs> exactly. But until then, it's once a month. <laughs> but um, now, thanks for tuning in. If you did listen, um, or if you did get this far, um, thanks for listening. And um, I'm sure we'll be back with more topics. And um, yeah, but before we end it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Peace and love, fam. Chat Peace time of the month. Over and out. Nope.